Gracious God, may only your words be spoken and your words be heard. Amen. Is God good? I don't just mean, is God good in the sense of, is God virtuous or right? Like when we say someone is a good person. I mean, is God good in the sense of, is God kind, loving, generous? Is God full of goodness? And if you're not sure, if you don't know whether or not you believe God's nature is goodness, here's a little test that you can give yourself. Think of coming into God's presence. Think of meeting God, just you and God. What's the first and primary emotion or reaction you have to that thought? If someone were to come up to you and say, hey, God wants to see you, what's your reaction? Is it, uh-oh. <laughs> if the veil between heaven and earth were somehow lifted right now, what would your reaction be? What would your posture be? Fear? Repentance? Cowering? Shame? Or would it be awe, joy, praise, gratitude? Now, of course, there is nothing wrong, per se, with our human sense of fear, our feelings of remorse and repentance. But as our first reading, the Old Testament reading, the passage from the book of Joshua demonstrates, in Scripture, in the Bible, those emotions, feelings of fear and repentance, are not first and primary. They are subsequent, and they are secondary to the first and primary feelings of awe and gratitude. Now, I'm going to ask you to think again of coming into God's presence, but this time I want to preface it a bit by asking you to use your imagination for a minute and to think of two other things. First, I want you to imagine, if you will, the most gorgeous sunrise or sunset or mountain range that you've ever seen. Picture yourself standing there, taking it in, one of those times when your breath has been taken away by the beauty of nature. And if you have that in your mind's eye, imagine yourself as you're standing there, taking it all in. Imagine someone coming up alongside you. This is someone who you are acquainted with and whom you admire but don't know super well. And this person stands next to you for a while admiring the scene alongside you. And then this person turns to you and smiles, says your name, and then says this. You know, 
Some time ago, I won $25 million in the lottery. And ever since then, I have been paying attention to you and to your dreams. When you get back home, you'll discover that all of your debts have been paid off. Also, I've deposited $900,000 in your bank account. I want you to have fun with some of that and to be a philanthropist with the rest of it. I've long admired you. I think you have a beautiful heart, and I want to do this for you. Let me ask, if, if that were to happen, what would your reaction be? What would your reaction be to that? And now, as you turn your attention back to that sunrise or sunset or that mountain range and you drink in the beauty of that, combine it with that feeling. Brothers and sisters in Christ, people of all souls, listen. That right there is a correct, biblical, scriptural image of God. And if that's not the image of God that you grew up with, if it's not your first and primary image of God, then consider the possibility that you have been worshiping a false idol, a false god, a graven image, an angry golden calf of someone else's creation reinforced, perhaps, by decades of bad religion. But if we're able to set that idol aside for a while and return to Scripture, we will see that allegiance and repentance and obedience and dedication, we'll see that all those things are important, yes, but they follow a sense of awe and gratitude. Specifically, this Old Testament lesson. Under the leadership of Joshua, who was, of course, the successor to Moses, the people of Israel have, they're about to receive, they're about to go into the land of Canaan. Joshua is giving a farewell speech. He gathers all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and we read this. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. And then, do you remember? What's the first thing he says? Is it, Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him? No, it's not. Sure, that's what's printed in your leaflet. That's what we heard read. That's what's assigned by the lectionary. But revere and serve the Lord is not the first and primary thing that Joshua said. If you look at the verses listed there, what's omitted from the assigned reading, what is between verses 2a and verse 14, this passage in the lectionary, in order to shorten it, literally skips to Joshua's conclusion. 
What falls between verses 2 and verses 14? This. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from behind the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave Esau the hill country of Seir to possess, and Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in its midst, and afterwards I brought you out. When I brought out your ancestors out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your ancestors with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. When they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them, and your eyes saw what I did to Egypt. Afterwards, you lived in the wilderness for a long time. Then I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you. I handed them over to you. You took possession of their land. Then King Balak set out to fight against you. I rescued you out of his hand. When you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, the citizens of Jericho fought against you, and also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. I handed them over to you. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove out before you the two kings of the Amorites. It was not by your sword or by your bow. I gave you a land on which you have not labored and towns that you have not built, and you live in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and of olive groves that you did not plant. And then, and only then, do we get. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. Do you see? Obedience to God service to God, faithfulness to God, a sense of repentance, a call to put away false gods that don't love us back. All those things follow a long list of things that God has done out of gift, out of goodness, because God loves us. And that recollection, that recollection that God is good that God is filled with kindness and benevolence, fills the people with gratitude. And it is out of that sense of gratitude that everything else follows. Now, why is this so important? Let me try to answer that question by telling you one of my favorite stories. It goes like this. Years ago, there's an elderly farmer working in a field outside a village. A stranger comes walking down the road, comes over to the farmer and says, good morning. I'm looking for a new village to live in and I'd like to know what are the people like who live there? The farmer says, what were the people like in your last village? Oh, they were awful, he says. They were, they were dishonest. They were mean. They were rude, selfish. Could hardly wait to get out of there. The farmer says, yeah, you'll find the people in this village to be the same way. 
That stranger walks on, and a little while later, someone else, another stranger, comes up to the farmer and says, good morning. I'm looking for a new village to live in, and I'd like to know, what are the people like who live there? What were the people like in your last village? The farmer says to him. Oh, they were great. They were kind, generous. I loved it there. I was sorry to have to leave. The farmer says, good. You'll find the people in that village to be like that too. We see what we look for. We receive what we perceive. We become what we worship. You are made in the image and likeness of God. So I ask you again, is God good, generous? Choose this day whom you shall serve. Be what you see. Receive who you are. Amen.